Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. It's some of your favorite Quentin Quarantinos back at it again. I'm Ben Bolin. I'm joined today with my co-host, Noel Brown, and our returning guest host, Miles Gray and Jack O'Brien. That's right, of the Daily Zeitgeist fame. This is part two of our episode on weird historical flexes. Please do check in with Historical Flexes Part 1 if, by some tragic miscarriage of justice, you have yet to hear the earlier part of this very special two-part series. Most importantly, where would we be without our super producer, Casey Pegram? Casey, I, I, I got to toss it to you. You know, you and I ended part one of this episode with you giving sort of a, a lay of the land of the flexes so far. How are you feeling now that we go into the second half? You know, it's it's a close game. We've been reviewing some of the tape uh, over the break and uh, and just, you know, just going back and looking at some of those close calls with those flexes. And uh, we're just going to see what happens here in the second half, uh, if uh, if they can pull it out or what. So without further ado, historical flexes. Part three, part two. I got one. Uh, this is an oldie, but a goodie. It's a favorite of mine. Uh, Henry Ford, you know him. Uh, you probably. Him. Yeah. Wait, you know, Hank right, Ford? Right. Hank right. Ford? <laughs> <laughs> you talking about old Hank Ford? Yeah. Up in Hank. of the Detroit Ford? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Hank. Uh, yeah, a lot of them. Uh, a, a lot of his work uh, that remains a legacy today is uh, associated with the automobile and anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. uh, he was super big into both of those things. Yeah. Uh, those were sort of the the primary loves of his life. 
he made the Model T. He modernized the assembly line. Uh, he was uh, he was very racist, dude. And <laughs> yeah, and that this has his racism and his expertise in the automobile have very little to do actually with what I think is one of his weirdest flexes, which is that he founded a town in Brazil. You guys may have heard about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a, what I can only describe as a burst of humility, he named it Fordlandia. Uh, I'd like to tell you guys a little bit about how this auto magnate and uh, tycoon uh, decided to start a uh, start a town in Brazil. So he was trying to master vertical integration, meaning that he said, you know, it's not enough for me to buy stuff from other people and pay them for this stuff and then use that to make a car. I want to own the mines where the metal comes from. I want to own the, you know, the cattle that we take the leather from or whatever. And his big thing that he hated was making a car is is and uh, remains a complicated process. He hated not controlling rubber supply. He wanted to like get his hands, get his clutches. If we're if we're going super villain, uh, get his mitts on these uh, these rubber producers. And he had to play ball with uh, people who had gotten in the game beforehand, and he couldn't create a rubber plantation in the United States because even back then we had laws in this country that would prevent the kind of backbreaking labor that was common for rubber suppliers. So he says, I'm going to go to uh, a place uh, where you can grow rubber, some place with that, uh, with the appropriate climate, right? And some place with laws that I can exploit. And so, uh, (laughs) In, 19, in the 1920s, this dovetails nicely with Flagpole City, right, right, like eight years into the Flagpole craze, Henry Ford says, uh, I'm, I'm inspired by all these people uh, sitting on poles. I'm going to start my own business in Brazil. I'm going to build a town. Uh, I'm not going to mess with Sri Lankan rubber anymore, and I'm going to make a cheap source of latex, but along the way... I'm going to teach these people that will live in my town about civilization. And this is way before Norman Rockwell, but he proselytize what he sees as American culture, a.k.a. cough, cough, uh, European-American white, cough, cough, hack, hack, uh, culture onto these people. And uh, first off, you know, his two big loves are are hating Jewish people and building cars. Uh, a distant third is that he thinks... Uh, no one should engage in activities that he finds sinful. So the residents of this town have to, they, they work there and they get paid pretty well, especially for the time and place. Uh, but they uh, have to learn to play baseball. Uh, the houses are built in his idealized version of America. Uh, no one can drink or engage in any kind of like local uh, intoxicant or recreation or gambling that uh, that he would see as sinful. Uh, he's also, you know, like, by the way, I think it's good for you guys to learn about Christian I- I- ideology. And so they got to do that too. And he builds a city that has an infrastructure. It has modern hospitals, it has schools, it has generators, it has a, a sawmill, but the entire thing is this, even for him, it's this exercise in hypocrisy. He could have paid just a little bit more 
to the existing uh, rubber suppliers in Sri Lanka. But instead, he threw the equivalent of millions of dollars into this weird vanity project. It's like, imagine the most successful financial terms, the most successful musician who says, you know what? I am like aristocracy of music, but I feel like it's wrong that I have to buy guitars. I should not only uh, be in charge of making guitars, but I should make all of the guitars and I'll, I'll get rid of Fender one day. That was his motivation. <laughs> right. Did he have a, uh, did he have a clever self aggrandizing name for the town that I missed that Ben? Cause surely uh, that would be just the cherry on top. Here. Yeah. I said at the top is Fordlandia. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I missed that. I had to go pee real quick guys. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure. Fordlandia. That's fantastic. Yeah. What a dick. Here's the thing. Uh, there was one problem with Fortlandia in Henry Ford's mind, in the minds of the people who lived there. There were many problems, as you might imagine. Uh, the big problem was that it didn't work. Fortlandia did not produce a new source of rubber. They kept trying to clear the jungle, knock down the natural world, and, and institute a rubber plantation. But they just couldn't get the rubber to grow. <laughs> yeah, that was his problem. That's what ended up uh, leading to him canceling it. He brought in botanist and uh, he was like, the botanist is he, this guy named James R. Weir. And uh, James R. Weir was like, okay, you know, I am a botanist and uh, your plan is cartoonish. First off, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, it, if you want this to happen, Mr. Ford, you're going to have to do a lot of stuff. And then Ford said, how much will it cost? And then Weir said, uh, it's extravagant. It's going to cost this much. And then Ford said, no way. That's crazy. My whole thing is not to pay money for this. <laughs> and like, why is my evil plan so complicated just because right. it's so complicated? So eventually Weir talks him into like building a second plant, a second rubber plant in Ford's territory, right? And and like Disney, when they built the uh, Reedy Creek Improvement District in Florida, Ford is breaking a lot of local laws. So Weir eventually leaves the project. He's like, hey, wow, everybody told me you were crazy. And it turns out you are. So uh, now he's stuck with Fordlandia, Belterra. He continues to support these towns and pour money into this failed rubber front for almost 10 years. Oh. I know. Oh, right? I hate to see it. <laughs> I'm sure he did. You I'm really sure do. But just to keep from having to admit failure, like literally just to keep from having to admit that he was wrong and made a stupid decision. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I'm not an <laughs> expert on everything, but I think generally when people name stuff like that after themselves, yeah. Yeah. it's a flag. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, just a quick aside, my my last weird flex for from the first episode was that Darwin ate every uh every animal he ever cataloged. And Henry Ford actually uh I knew that from an old uh cracked article that I edited uh back in the day and Henry Ford was on that same list because he wouldn't go to grocery stores. He thought that uh everything in his yard was edible and would <laughs> would only eat the weeds out of his garden. 
and he often ate sandwiches <laughs> filled with weeds. That was like his primary <laughs> form of sustenance. Uh, so like. <laughs> Dude, this guy who people look at as like this pioneer, great business person was eating weed sandwiches. Yeah. It's similar to the uh, Fordlandia in that he was just like, I don't want to have to pay my money to other people. I've got perfectly good weeds in my backyard. Um, Oh, my goodness. Henry. Isn't it also just like a megalomaniacal yes, like exactly. captain of industry <laughs> yes. to think that oh if I like build it they will come the rubber will magically grow yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna put my money into the ostentatious like self-aggrandizing kind of golden calf that is Fordlandia yeah. and not even think about the reality of what it takes to grow the thing he needs we've all had bosses where like just make the thing. Just, just do it. It's easy. Right. It'll take you five minutes. Yeah. What is that? A podcast? Just yeah. put some mics on and then uh, cut it together, and it should be out tomorrow, right? Right. You know what I like? Uh, I like radio, and I, I think podcast might be the new radio. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? <laughs> I just like also like the idea of like Henry Ford like back at his house like after you know like his ninth year of pumping money into this failed thing. And he's just talking to his buddy at his house, just a mouthful of weed sandwich. Like, Man, you won't believe it. <laughs> I'm upside down on this thing right now. You're not gonna believe it. Dan Delandia is hemorrhaging money. Of his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I think about that too. Like, okay, so it's the late 1920s. Shipwreck walks into Henry Ford's house, and he's like, "Shipwreck, thank you for coming. May I help you to uh, weed sandwich? The uh, the fescue is particularly appetizing today." Let's walk past this uh, picture of Stalin. There used to be more people in it. Tell me, <laughs> what do you think of rubber? <laughs> you know, like, just uh, don't eat the poison oak. I learned oh, that the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes. You heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah. Um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah. I, I just remember. It was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody. Like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one, and that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental 
part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I meant I said El Camino and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, wait, wait, wait. So, there's a reason I brought up that uh, that Stalin portrait. Yes. Uh, it's to bring us full circle because Jack, you had said that you had in fact a two part flex right on uh Joseph Stalin himself. Uh the I, I guess the brutal sort of proto father of Photoshop, which is yeah. really gonna <laughs> bug me for a while. Also, I mean what a hottie in his younger days though. Right. Let's please give it up to young hot Stalin. Snack. Too. By the way, really quickly though, Jack, before you launch into it, very close ties between Stalin and Ford. Both were really into seizing the means of production. Just yes. <laughs> there it is. He's checked in. Right. So another thing that they had in common is they liked to control the people around them. They liked to be in control of the situation. Uh, and Stalin, uh, basically hanging out with Stalin, uh, being employed by Stalin, uh, talking about bad bosses, uh, being employed by Stalin was not great. Uh, he would have uh, you killed, first of all, which uh, is well known, but also he would, he would have these uh, dinner parties where he would basically do toasts and make people drink up to 30 shots of vodka. Jesus. And he pretended that he was drinking vodka, but he was actually drinking uh, like wine that was like watered down. Uh, but he would have these drinking contests between the people who were like directly under him and would just humiliate them just for fun, like people, you you see all these different places where people are trying to add like strategy on top of it, but it's really just like he en enjoyed humiliating people. He would put uh, overripe tomatoes on people's seats and like they would sit on it and he would make fun <laughs> of them. <laughs> exactly, Good one, Stalin. Yeah, uh, the old tomato whoopee cushion. Yeah, he would empty out his pipe on uh, Khrushchev's head. And as the movie The Death of Stalin kind of suggests, so uh, Khrushchev ends up be taking over for Stalin after he dies uh, and was the leader during, uh, you know, some big years in the Cold War. But he kind of remained there because, and, and was in a position to take over power because 
Uh, he was just sort of Stalin's whipping boy. He just was able to take humiliation after humiliation. Um, but these all-night drinking sessions, would they would go until dawn. Uh, people would stagger away from the dinner table, go throw up in a potted plant, and then come back to the table because he wouldn't let oh, anybody... Yeah. Um, and then you would have to go to work, and he w- he wouldn't allow for anybody to like have any slippage in their performance. What? Yeah, yeah. He was just you just uh. went right to it. Um, people soiled their pants. It was just it was basically like Stalin's uh, Russia and like Stalin's Politburo was essentially like being in a really bad fraternity. Uh, and right. yeah. It's it's just it's just weird that that's what he chose to do with with his power uh, was make himself look handsome in pictures and humiliate people. Oh, and and force people to binge drink. Like to what end? Like you're not going to get your best work out of your uh, your employees if you're literally forcing them to match you drink for drink all night and then not even let them take like a hangover day. You know, yeah. I mean, I can't. I, I bet horrible mistakes were made. Oh, you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, just, yeah, for sure. I just also love. I I hope he was. I don't. I mean, not that I hope. But I. I for me to make it funny in my mind, Stalin's loving that stupid ripe tomato bit, and he does it like mm. way too much. And he's like, "Oh my god, Andrei Zhdanov, I can't believe you sat on it again. What's wrong with you?" And they all have to like pretend to love it. And he's like, "Yeah, Joseph, I so <laughs> you stupid, got me man. again." Oh no, uh, I love that idea too of it like being. You know, maybe there's some like secret deathbed confession where he's like, I'm not a perfect dude. <laughs> Tell the world about my tomato bit. <laughs> but yeah, he would giggle and say, You're like little children, uh, because the <laughs> the guys would ultimately like fight and they would go out in the garden and like they would have fights and push each other into ponds, and basically it was like live action Three Stooges for Stalin's entertainment. Uh, how they must have hated him, you know? Yeah, or maybe they loved it. Well, everything was also like I, I, there's also like stories like when you got kicked out of the Politburo, like you knew because you would be like, "Oh, why don't you go to that dacha, that like vacation home?" It's like Stalin sending you there to like take a break real quick, and then you just knew you're like, "Um, I'm done." Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, like, but in the form of a vacation, like the dreaded, like, oh, all of that was dealt with beautifully in the death of Stalin. If it, listeners, if you haven't seen that, um, it does such a great job of like really. Uh, it's a satire. It is a deep, dark satire, but it's very funny and has a lot of those Three Stooges elements that you're talking about, Jack. Like, it really is a wonderful kind of piece of physical comedy. But it's also, like, it gets really historically accurate and really, like, intense and dark, but it always kind of pulls it back. And to go full circle, Jack, to your first one, I believe the end credits of Death of Stalin is all, like, doctored mm-hmm. photographs. Oh, really? People yeah. are, like, cut out and, like, faces are blacked out or erased or whatever. Uh, that's the first thing I thought of when when you when you brought that one up but man good ones from our boy stalin yeah uh, i remember i i think i was i kind of did like a early stalin thing i remember those uh <laughs> wait 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 I love the early stalin photoshop i was saying like you remember like all the are like the yearbooks we would get in school back in the 90s like that were just that black and white you know monot like monochromatic yeah. uh print you know you could take like a pencil eraser and just full-on erase the ink off of it 
Yeah. Right. And so like you could fully erase just with a eraser, take people out of the yearbook. I remember we would do that to be like, oh, really, sir? Watch this. <laughs> Gone from the yearbook. Wow. Wow. You're done. You're dead or draw to all faces of over it. Yeah, anyway. So he who controls the past. No, I dig it. I no, dig thank it. you, Ben. Exactly. <laughs> it's all an optics game. <laughs> it is that book by the way uh uh that mentioned at the top one book is called the commissar vanishes the falsification of photographs and art in stalin uh because apparently art was also not sacrosanct at this time yeah i mean another like kind of small uh weird flex he had was there there was a recent museum uh exhibit where it was like all these famous uh male nudes from the 19th century uh and then they just had stalin's like graffiti underneath it where he would like write dirty jokes under these male (laughs) nudes that they had like you need to work and not wank, uh, you idiot! You have forgotten what to do in one where it's a man and a woman, and don't sit with a bear, uh, a word on stones. Give the boy some pants. Uh, so he was just like, he's just amusing himself. He was just a real punchy character, wasn't yeah, he? You he was know, a he laugh really, He really liked to yuck it up. Uh, mm-hmm. I can appreciate that, but yeah, what a what a piece of work. I gotta say. Blow for blow, though, if it's if it's Stalin versus Olga of Kiev, I guess uh, I should Olga's, say, yeah. yeah, Olga all day. It's got to figure it out on on a one to one. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if Olga doesn't have time for over ripened tomatoes, she's actually playing four D chess. She's like, okay, what happened? <laughs> they killed my husband. Okay, hold on. Okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm come through. I'm going to burn their city to the ground with pigeons. <laughs> with their own pigeons. That's right. <laughs> Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one, and that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino, and I meant Monte Carlo. 
I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos, and the last one, God bless it, I just I I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally, but it, it still was like a a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now. Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I got to ask Casey Pegram, a little Casey on the case way in here. Which do you think of the ones we discussed on today's uh, weird historical flexes? Or actually, we've, this is a, the second part now. What do you think wins out as the weirdest historical flex? And, and you can, you know, you can grade it on weirdness, ferocity, uh, idiocy, whatever you want. What was your favorite or whatever you think? I would say my the weirdest one for me was the flagpole sitting because I don't know why I've heard that song for years and years. I never really thought of it as something that actually happened in the real world that would have some explanation like that. So that's uh, that's probably the weirdest one to me. My favorite is definitely just the the wanton, flexessive, you know, violence that uh, that occurred in uh, burning burning everybody to death. Casey has spoken. Dark man, dark. Casey on the case. So. That's uh, that's your favorite. I know you guys colluded, by the way, to vote on flagpole sitter. Uh, <laughs> you know, I see the I see the game. Absolutely. Not. All right. Well, hold on. You got some time to whip some votes over here if you want to for taking. Time. <laughs> yeah. For next time, we should look into uh, a phone booth stuffing. Which uh, oh know, yeah yeah that's a, that's <laughs> another one that was I think that was the fifties the more sophisticated uh, yeah pastime. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Guys, this has been a, a pleasure. Peek behind the curtain, though, folks. We all came to today's episode with a couple of different historical flexes. So I'll go ahead and ask you guys on the air. Uh, would you be willing to return in the future to uh, flex a bit more? Wow. Way to put me on the spot there. Uh, I mean, will there be weed sandwiches? <laughs> I honestly, I want to eat a garden weed just to know what is going through someone's mind as they're like, yep, this is food. This and is I like good. That. But this yeah, you know what? Food. Of course, we're always, we always want to come back. And I think we will posit to you, will you come pawn the daily zeitgeist uh, to be a guest as well. Oh, Always man. a blast. We, do, I think it would be fun. I don't know if you ever guys ever have a, have a double guest, but I would love to be on with Ben sometime. Oh, yeah, we'd love no, to think, do that. I mean, uh, I think the internet can handle that in terms of the technology. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. We'll figure of, it out. In terms of the social ramifications. No, oh, no oh, way. No, who knows? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> You'd think an EMP just went across the Northern Hemisphere. Hey, you guys just mentioned a show uh, that... Our listeners should have already been liked and subscribed to, et cetera, et cetera, at all. Uh, did I hear you right? The Daily Zeitgeist. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Daily Zeitgeist. That's our daily show. Twice daily. Yeah, twice daily. We'll give you something in the morning, and then we also cover what's trending on the internet like in that moment, so you get a quick snapshot of what people are talking about online and on the news. Uh, stop on by. You know, it's you know we're we're here we're here every day and night <laughs> and weekends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so again, thank you so much, Jack O'Brien, Miles Gray, for returning with some historical flexes. We want to know what you all think about that Stalin Photoshop, that Stalin brush, I say in my notes I wrote on the back of this electric bill. Does it look like a mustache? It looks like a, the Stalin brush in Photoshop should be just like a giant mustache. <laughs> right. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, and also, uh, shout out to Olga of Kiev for doing the most. Uh, shout out to Shipwreck Flagpole Sitter for the nickels and the giggles. Uh, and of course, shout out to the people who live in Fordlandia. I forgot to mention that part. Uh, there are people who still live in the town now with the faint hope that one day the Ford company will return and revitalize it. Wow. Tut tut. But hey, do you have thoughts on any of these topics? Do you want to suggest some weird flexes of your own? You can absolutely do that by writing to us at ridiculous at iHeartRadio.com. You can also find us on the usual suspects of social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. I think we have a Twitter. Um, we definitely don't have a Pinterest still, but we're working on it. It's been years in the making. You guys aren't going to believe <laughs> this vision board yeah. uh, when it finally drops, but we're still putting the finishing touches, adding a few little more kind of Lisa Frank little dolphins uh, jump through rainbow hoops kind of situation mm-hmm. but it's 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 coming yeah everybody's following the uh the court battle we're currently having with pinterest uh they're just restricting our vision <laughs> you know what i mean and it's very like uh it's a one day at a time kind of thing but we, but we'll get there uh if you have a historical flex of your own please as noel said share it uh share it with us uh share it with the daily zeitgeist guys that's right dudes you're part of it now so get ready for some weird stuff and to that end if you would like to find uh, ben and i as individual human people on the internet you can do so i am on instagram exclusively at how now noel brown i'm ben bolin hsw on twitter i'm ben bolin uh on instagram uh miles jack where are you guys at on these wide webs of ours you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien i'm on twitter and instagram at miles of gray g-r-a-y Oh, you got matching handles for both? That's a flex. Hey, you know, you got to keep them consistent. You know, as a marketing guru, they tell you about that. You got to keep it consistent. So obviously, massive thanks to Miles and Jack for joining us today. Huge thanks to super producer Casey Pegram, Christopher Hasiotis here in spirit, Jonathan Strickland and his alter ego, the Quister. I think we're due for him to pop in one of these days into our quarantine bunkers. Uh, fingers crossed that it won't be uh, anytime soon, but I have I fear that it will. Or this episode. That guy might Zoom bomb us. He's the type. I don't appreciate that. And of course, uh, Noel, I'd also, uh, I never thought I'd say this, but thanks to uh, Olga of Kiev. Thanks to uh, Joseph Stalin, I guess, for the story. Uh, <laughs> thanks to uh, flagpoles and those who sit upon them. And in a weird way, thanks to Henry Ford and Noel Casey, as always. Thanks to you guys. And thanks to you, Ben. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, 
and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.